everybody. Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Afabal Idiots. Oh, I actually learned how to say this. Um, Idiotas Afabales. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Accent was good, too. Thank you. Idiotas Afabales. Said the American. Your accent was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chad Michael Ennis. We've got Holden DePardo. Hi. My name is Holden DePardo. I That's swear me, to God, right every here. single week, it takes you like 45 extra milliseconds to say hi. And I'm like, is he going to say it? <laughs> and we've got the dreamiest fan base of all time. Just makes me all googly gushy in the pants. <laughs> and that's you. Uh, and you're joining us from all over the world right now. Are we streaming? Are we streaming right now? We are live. Yes, we are. You can catch us every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern and put us in your ears with your favorite podcast service. You can put us in your eyeballs by searching for Respawn Aim Fire on YouTube. And YouTube. if you want to break the fourth dimension, break it. Take it, bend it over your knee like Batman and Bane. You can do that by watching us live on twitch.tv slash idiots. Like, it's going on right now. Fucking now, every Sunday night at around 8 p.m. Eastern. We should change that to like officially call it like 8:20 because that's for that's real life. Today's episode is brought to you by Affability, but we'll talk about that a little bit later after we get done talking about a bunch of things <clears throat> like The Last of Us 2 leaking. Don't worry, we're not going to share any spoilers. Uh, we've got some shit like uh, Microsoft's earning calls, how many Game Pass subscribers there currently are, and more. But first, we're going to start every episode like we have the last 30, 10. Like six episodes with <laughs> Game Court, attorney based strategy for determining video game character guilt. Every week, we put your favorite video game characters and villains on trial for the heinous crimes they've committed. Holden and I will argue for and against the defendant, and it's up to you to decide on Twitter in the following days the fate of said character. Now, last week, our defendant was Steve from Minecraft, uh, and it was all about Steve. Murdering, uh, he was being tried for animal cruelty and like I don't know, murder of doggies or something like that. Um, and you guys voted him innocent. You, the jury, voted Steve innocent. It was basically a, a two to one ratio there. And I'm starting to believe that you're only whatever it is, whatever side Holden's on, that's the side you're voting for. And that's uh, not gonna lie, gonna make me pissed off. I'm gonna start breaking shit. So today, you have a chance to redeem yourselves. This is how the law works. You've been on that lawyer's side the entire time. That's ridiculous. There's a way we can track down your IP addresses, and we can come to your homes, and we can break into your house, and we can take every piece of china you have and throw it on the ground. That phone is not my dad. <laughs> I threw it on the ground. Uh, today, our defendant is none other then Ash, Ketchum, and the Elite Four. I already forgot to switch, Holden, uh, when we started talking about Game Court. Oh. It's okay, I switched it right now. Siri didn't remind you. She didn't do it. What a, Or he, what whoever your Siri twat. might be. Siri's an it. It is genderless. So Ash, Ketchum, and the Elite Four. Why are they on trial? Well, the charges by the prosecution, me, representing the state, is that they encourage animal cruelty... By pitting these monsters against each other, uh, similar to like dogfighting. So that's, that's the charges, animal cruelty. Holden will be defending Ash and the Elite Four. I will be making them pay for what they've done with the help of you, the audience. And I will also be the judge. Watch me do a spin and become the judge. Sorry, I couldn't spin all the way around because my <laughs> headphones are wired. 
<laughs> I'm going to do it again. Hello! I'm all rise for the honorable judge dipshit. <laughs> oh, my chair moved so far away. The standing up gets me every time because I refuse to do it. I'm never going to stand for the judge. <laughs> I and almost I apparently to do it win all these cases. I'm like. The, like the fairest so Bueller of lawyers. I just walk Bueller. in. I don't like appreciate the system. Bueller. I do my own thing. Um, Boiler. Hello, I am the Honorable Judge Dipshit. Will the prosecution up, please state their case? What's up, Dallas? Thank you for calling us fuckers. It means we fuck. It means we are. Uh, we get laid. <laughs> um, hi, thank you, Honorable Judge Dipshit. I know people pronounce it all the time like dipshit, and that's offensive. It's it's French. Dipshit. I'm here today, ladies and gentlemen, to convince you that Ash and the Elite Four are guilty. Knowingly guilty. Now, you might be asking yourself, why? These Pokemon enjoy it. They get something out of it. They're our pets. They're meant to fight. They're bred to fight. Yeah. We're dogs bred to fight? Yes. We're humans meant to fight? Yes. In the gladiator age, when they had no rights, we as humans fight today by choice. We choose whether or not we beat the shit out of each other for sport, and we call it MMA. These Pokemon don't have the mental capacity to make this choice by themselves. That's why they can't create a will for their belongings when they die. That's why they cannot vote, because they do not have the mental capacity to know what's best for them and make the choice. We have to make it for them. And because of that... When we choose, as human beings, to force them into battle, we are putting their lives at risk, we are torturing them, and it's not fair. And frankly, it is cruel to those animals. I'm done. Thank you, sir! Defense, your turn. The hypocrisy is astounding. Here is the state coming to Ash Ketchum and the Elite Four and saying... You are against the law. But who allows companies to make Pokeballs that catch these Pokemon? The state. Who allows Pokemon centers that heal these Pokemon after they have fainted in a battle? The state. Who enables the Elite Four to even operate as an organization in countless regions in the world of Pokemon? The state. To put Ash Ketchum and the Elite Four on trial here... From the state is pretty rich, considering what the state themselves has done to enable these practices. But these are not terrible practices. These Pokemon never die. They only faint. They also choose their masters. They don't have to. They can leave that Pokeball and escape it. By staying in the Pokeball upon being caught, it is them accepting their new masters. Their Pokemon bond between trainer and Pokemon has lived on for years and despite what Dallas might be saying in the comments about me peeing yes, on people yes there is a witness who has testified that you do in fact <laughs> pee on people <laughs> I will let it stand the hypocrisy here is astounding and this whole trial should be dropped I rest my case prosecution closing statements thank you your honor I've been waiting all day for this this man can't even admit that they aren't battling that they aren't participating in animal cruelty all he can say is that the state's in on it in on it so he therefore is admitting <laughs> that this is cruel and unusual punishment 
But he's saying don't blame these people when they are the pinnacle of the Pokemon Battle League. They are the private foundation, the Battle League, that I've decided is not run by the state. Um, they are the top. We need to take... This is the Al Capone of the Pokemon Battle League. We need to take them down to prove a point and set a precedent to stop battling and harming Pokemon. Whether it is the state's responsibility, whether it's a, a private company's responsibility, no matter who's at fault, it needs to stop, ladies and gentlemen. And it starts at the top. Trickle-down economics. When you pee on something, it trickles down on the rest of their body. Holden pees on people. You cannot trust this man. I rest my case. This will be used every trial against me now. And just for the record, I will make it known that Dallas, who just said holding peace on people as a reason to not believe me, he's now said, wait, Holden's mustache is fucking epic, like Final Fantasy VII remake epic. Innocent. I know Dallas Anything is not, said while he's not an expert on the witness, witness here, stand but he, is a, a, but he is a boss. Even Not a witness expert, but he's a boss, and I'll take it. But beyond that, I didn't say that it was animal cruelty. I did not. I will not cede that ground. <clears throat> what I said is that the state is just as complicit... As Ash, as Red and or Ash and the Elite Four, as the state is. So to go to after for the state to only go after Ash and the Elite Four, isn't isn't fair. It's an abuse of power in that case because you have more authority in society as the state than Ash or the Elite Four. But on top of that, again, it's a voluntary action. The Pokemon chooses the master. They don't have to to join, but they do. We learned this from the Detective Pikachu movie in the opening scene. It's there. It's present. It is in lore. It is fact. And you, sir, the state, Mr. State, are a hypocrite. Please, Mr. State is my father. And he prefers to be called the man who bangs my mother. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it is up to you to decide whether or not Ash Ketchum and the Elite Four are guilty or innocent. Um... It's up to you. <laughs> Make that choice over on twitch.tv. That's lying, the wrong thing. Twitter.com slash respawnamefire. We will have a poll put up by Holden himself. You better just put guilty three times on that thing. <laughs> Let's move on to playtime. We're talking about everything we played this week. I switched it. I switched it. You're welcome. Talk about everything we played this week from our oh, yes. games to other games to game oh, night shit. About? Holden, tell me about. Um, I'm. I want you to to casually mention two things that we all know that you played, and then tell me more about your experience with Mario Maker Two. Oh, so you don't want me to talk about Animal Crossing: New Horizons in detail? I just just casual. We have heard so much about New Horizons. <laughs> Everyone's dying to know about Mario Maker, though. All right, uh, New Horizons. Um, the the main thing to say about New Horizons, and this is a great segue to Super Mario Maker, is I've played a lot less Animal Crossing: New Horizons this week because. God damn, Super Mario Maker 2 is oh! so good. I played it a little bit last year, and I was like, this is fine. And then I got back into it when they announced the ability to make worlds as well as your whole own Mario game with the Super Worlds concept. And I just, I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm making a world. I'm going to power through the awkwardness of like learning how to like set a level up and what to do and all that. And. I made what I think is a pretty good first level. I made three levels this week, 
and I'm only willing to show one of them because okay. I think <laughs> only one of them is is uh is is worth it. I'm on the second level right now, and I just finished the kind of first challenge obstacle in that level, as opposed to like main obstacles. So you have to yeah. do to um to beat the level, and it once you start to get a grasp of how that creation system works, it is so fluid. It's really surprising. And the instant gratification of, I just laid this out, let me now play it immediately, see how well it works, and then after I tested, jumping out and and uh, and kind of fixing it up or making adjustments where I need to, is such a satisfying process. I'm totally enamored. I'm, I'm addicted. Like, right Look now, I'm you. thinking... I'm honestly thinking, like, okay, this podcast, I love the podcast. I think it's the podcast, but when am I going to get back to Super Mario Maker 2 tonight? Yes. Because that's, like, the priority. Uh, and before I, this, you were not normally it. a game creation guy, right? No, I wasn't. Um, mostly because I find the tools really restrictive. I don't like... Like, for example, like, you have a platform, and the platform can move in a certain number of directions, or it can be one of the platforms that drops. Um, but I can't control the speed of how it drops. And, like, things like that start to get kind of frustrating for me. And I just, I just have to look past it. I just, that's just the reality of these kinds of experiences. There's nothing that they could do to change it while still making it accessible and easy to kind of get in and out of. Uh, if you, if I want to have full control, I should make my own game. So, like, just I got to be fine with Mario Maker, and I'm fine with it now. I've kind of gotten to know the tools, and I feel better about it. Um, the only thing that I still feel like negatively about the game is that when you go and play levels online, so many of them are just designed to be absurdly difficult, like really, really challenging. Yeah. And what I learned kind of in ventures on YouTube, just getting tips from people who have made levels or even just looking at like analysis of, of just Mario levels in Super Mario Bros. games in the past is how little, and this is this is amazing to me, how little of a level is actually dedicated to the main objective of the level. They said, that, like, it's... In, I'm sure they didn't, didn't account for analyzing every level in every Mario game, but the c consensus I kind of heard online was that a Mario level will have about 70% of the whole level is optional, and only 30% of it is actually, like, the mainline things that you're supposed to be gotcha. doing to like complete Like, for collectibles, level, is, getting coins, keys, that kind of thing? Yeah, exactly that kind of stuff. And that that's, I guess, serves kind of two purpose, which is it gives you a lot more things to do in the level, but also means that you can play that level in a variety of different ways because you can just speed run through it and avoid a lot of that stuff, and that kind of speed running through should feel very natural. It was just kind of cool to go online and see some of those, um, some of those insights and then applying that to how I make my, my first level. Um, but I'm having a total blast with it. I... I'm not. I'm, I don't know, I've given Dallas and Matt the code for the first level to play it, but I think I'm going to put a code out on Twitter when I've beaten the first or made the first world, and then I'll okay. put that kind of code out there. Um, I was just so about to ask, like, do you want to put play one them. in the description of the episode or something like that? We'll let um, you take no, your time and feel comfortable. Yeah, I want it to be. I want to be good when I put it out there. So, nice. so there's that. Um, we both played. The only thing I have to say about Animal Crossing Horizons, I forgot to mention. I got so into mario maker i forgot to talk to red yesterday completely <gasps> and Holden! i didn't get i know i almost missed a day of playing animal crossing completely because of my obsession with mario maker this week so that that's big that's big everyone it's huge yeah huge as they say 
Oh, it, yeah, I should note Dallas oh, is the world record holder in my level right now. He's also he beat it. He's also on record as the worst player on there too. So <laughs> just to, just to clarify there, don't tune um, your own But home. we played something together that's not new for me, new-ish for you. I guess it's the first time you've really have dedicated time to Splatoon before. Yeah, it was game night this week, and Splatoon happened to also be giving everyone a week-long free trial of Splatoon 2. Um, and so we played it, and there were five of us? Yes. Yeah, five of us all playing yeah. Splatoon 2 together. And I've given my impressions before of the Best Buy kiosk and of the maybe, what, 30, 45 minutes I spent over at your house playing it. Uh, and the game itself is, is fine. It's fun-ish. You can spray some paint. I have some issues with mobility and and the controls a little bit. But it was fun. But the experience was completely ruined for me by the online infrastructure and how difficult it was to play with you guys. I, the For anyone that doesn't know, I guess you and your brother have never really run into this because it was only two of you trying to join a game together. Yeah. So one of you can join on to it. But five people trying to play a game together with a system that one person gets into a game and then everyone has to join on that person, which means you already have to wait around for them to finish by themselves before everyone can join in. And then you have to hope that enough people leave that game to open up slots for you to join in. And with five people, that almost never happened. It was very often like three people got in, the other two were waiting around, and then one person would leave to go get guns, and then nobody could join anybody because it kept saying it, the lobby's full for some reason, whatever that meant. Um, and there were there were two maybe three times where i was literally just waiting on the screen to join on you guys for 10 minutes i was waiting for you guys to finish a round and then the round finished and the result screen showed up nobody left the game you guys played another round and i was just sitting there it was a terrible frustrating experience for me um so i probably won't pick that up again because really <clears throat> the only reason i would ever play that game is to play it with all of all of you guys the lifelong friends out there and it, w it was fun when I was playing it, and I enjoyed it, but if that's the kind of experience I got to go to in order to play it, there are so many more things I would rather play instead. The the issue is that in, you unlock new modes the more you play it, and the different the league mode allows you to just say, hey, us four, we're playing together right now. We don't have to wait for matchmaking. We're only matchmaking to f find out who we're facing against. But in order to get that mode, you have to get to level 10 in... Uh, Turf Wars, which is like the main standard mode we were playing. Once you get to level 10, then you unlock Ranked, and you start off Ranked in four different games, all at a C-minus level, and you have to get to a B-minus in order to even get to League Battle. So it's like, you can do and, and alleviate the issue we had, but it's not really a great solution because it's behind a lot of gameplay to get there. Gotcha. Yeah, can like you... I... If if we did have five people like we had last time, would there be a way to at least make sure one of them was opposing us? No, it's you're basically what you're doing in league battle is you're making a team of four people or like two a bowling people. League. Yeah, and you're facing off against other teams and you're getting a rank and moving up and all that stuff. I think uh, like each league will run about two hours. Lame. <laughs> so I, I like the fundamental gameplay a lot. Um but I totally agree with you. The online is is a mess. And it's not that like Nintendo Switch online, the service itself is bad. In terms of like staying connected, generally I have a good experience with it. But it, it's just that how individual games made by Nintendo handle Can't Do With Your Friends is such a mess. No game, 
Not a single game that that Nintendo makes gets it even remotely close. Nowhere. And this Nowhere is close. and this is the closest. That's the sad thing. This is the closest. This is the one that they launched it with, right? Um. Well, the online service. Splatoon came out in like July, and the service came out in September. No, is uh, Splatoon came out July the first year of the Switch, and the online service came out September 2018. So then the following year. What game but, was it? No, but the, but online was in beta for a long time with Splatoon two, right? But it wasn't until they you until like September of the second. I think year Mario Kart had it first. Uh, Mario Kart two, yeah, okay. But no, I do. You're right. You're right. Mario Kart had online just because the original version had online. But then Splatoon two was the launch of Nintendo Switch online. Yeah. Even though it didn't really do anything and it was free for everyone. You're right. You're right. So yeah, yeah, I played that. I like the game a lot, but I, I totally understand your complaints. There are two small things I want to mention, and then one slightly larger thing. One, Pokemon Go, everybody. Pokego, Pokego, Manchigo Cheese. After three years, almost exactly three years, it was two years and 11 months, I reached max level in Pokemon Go. It was a slog, Holden, a slog. I reached level 39 during my best friend trip in November because I remember trying to coordinate opening up a gift with somebody with a lucky egg at the same time while I was in the middle of Arizona with no cell signal, and it was, it was so nerve-wracking. So that's when it I reached took half a year. Half a year to get to 40. So um, Holy crap. And you play a lot, too. I play you every don't play day. a little bit. Every single day. Now, I could have gotten there faster if I had like a raid group and I went and did raids because raids get you a lot of experience, but I didn't. I, I would only ever really participate in raids if, I, if they were able to be done solo uh, or if I happen to be out like on a community day or something like that and I see people in a group gathered in a location and I assume based on the way that they're dressed and the way they're holding their phones that they're playing Pokemon Go and then I will like sneakily like get close enough to join the raid with them but not actually interact with them because I'm secretly an introvert. <laughs> so those are the only times I really did raids. But I have finally reached max level, and then today I was like, oh, God, what do I do now? Do I continue playing? What, do, what am I working towards? And then I finished the research today. There's a weekly research for all the different types, uh, for all the different regions. So, like, region one was Kanto, and there are research tasks for that, 10 of them per week for the next five weeks for each region. And at the end of it, you get, like, whatever the special rare Pokemon. So this week, you can get a Mew, a Mewtwo if you finish it. And I was like, fuck it, I'm back in. I already have a Mewtwo. And it's at max level, and it doesn't even matter. But I got another one today. And I'm going to keep moving, and I'm going to keep filling out that Dex, and I'm keep going strong. But I'll probably never open up another fucking gift again in my life. That's for sure. So I'm famous now because I'm level 40. Second thing. <laughs> Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island is what I almost exclusively played this week, and that was because it was our barf game for last week, for last month, for April. Um, you can go check out our thoughts on youtube.com slash because we don't have a personalized name yet because not enough of you have subscribed. <laughs> uh, but go check that out. Uh, we can you for spell <laughs> for me? Yeah, it's, it's X, picture of a butcher's knife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we were both actually kind of pleasantly surprised by that game and, and liked it a lot. It was my first time playing it. And I didn't know that it was. I thought it was going to be my fourth or fifth, but surprise. Uh, and then Monster Hunter World. So I mentioned last week that I've been so curious. I've been world curious about this game for a long time. 
people are talking about having so much fun with it. And I was like, ooh, can we play this <clears> as <throat> a game night game? If we get enough people doing it, it's free on Game Pass. Isn't that so weird how, like, I pay for this subscription, but now I consider this game free? Anyway. Free on Game Pass. So I was like, it's really easy and accessible. And I was like, all right, I'm going to jump in, see how long before you can finally get into online play and see if it's something that's, that's doable. And I'm not going to subject everybody to that. Because I spent almost an hour. It was 52 minutes before I got my first weapon in that game. And the rest of it was running around, watching a lot of, like, kind of so-so cutscenes, uh, tutorials. This is our city. Let's walk slowly through it. This is where you'll go and get so-and-so. Don't talk to them yet because they don't have shit to say to you till you have a weapon. This walk through the town slowly. Is it one of those things where it's like, we're going to walk slower than your character model is even capable of walking? <laughs> yep. Oh, I hate that. It's yep. the worst. 100%. Uh, so I did that for a while and then I finally did go out on a hunt and I used this cool weapon that's like a sword and shield and you charge up shit and then you can transform it into a giant axe and unleash shit and so I finally went on a hunt I had to kill a bunch of lizard things and this was like an hour and 15 minutes into the game and then I came back and like immediately after the hunt was done I had like apparently excavated these bodies and picked up all these materials and shit like that and then afterwards it just said do you want to sell all the shit you picked up and I was like I don't know I don't know what any of these 14 things are. Do I want to sell them? Do I want to keep them and use them to upgrade shit? I don't know. And then so I was like, there, there's a system I don't understand yet. And then I went and upgraded my weapon a lot. And then there was a bunch of like question marks of things that I upgrades I could unlock eventually. It was like, if I upgrade these things now, do I lose out on the ability to do that? What are those question marks? When will I figure that out? There, there are just so many unknowns to make it a game night game. So no, it will not be a game night game. It might not even be a me game. Unless Darby... If you're listening, if you want to shepherd me through and like explain things and make it fun while we're playing together on Game Pass, I might consider continuing to play it. But yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things that if I play it at all, it'll be a select few people, if I'm bored on a Monday, reach out and say, hey, who wants to play this real quick? But it's not going to be a, everyone start from scratch and play the first hour and 15 minutes so that we can finally get online together. And even then, the online service is still janky, kind of like Splatoon, where you do it mission by mission. But if there's a cutscene, then nobody gets to see the cutscene until that person... It's weird. So I'm a little disappointed. <clears throat> I was curious. Now I've come back. No longer curious. Mm. But everyone has, has their experimental phase, and it's good to do that. It's true. Just it's to true. Know and you got to get learn. it out of your system. Or yeah, you got to exactly. experience it, because who knows? Something beautiful might come from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if Darby helps you out, you might actually like the game. Who knows? Who knows? Got to try everything twice. Who knows? Let's move on to our fetch quest today. We're going to be talking about a bunch of shit in here, starting with May's PlayStation Plus lineup is nothing but simulators, says Jordan Devore? Devore? Devour at Destructoid. Two games this month are Cities Skylines and Farming Simulator 19. Woo! Now, Holden, Get this, is not a, this is not a month for me, but I'm a little peeved at all the hate going around the internet about this month. Yeah. From everything that I've heard, City Skylines is actually an excellent SimCity type game. That people are, that is if you're into that kind of game, that this is absolutely worth your time. And if Farming Simulator is your type of thing, apparently this is like it's Farming Simulator sells so many copies that we didn't even realize people were buying. So I'm n- I'm pissed at like people who are starting the petitions on change.org to make PlayStation change the games. This is a terrible it's a fine month. It's just not a month for you, and you need to get over it. Yeah. Here's the thing. They will change them. 
next month where they give you two more games <laughs> for right. free. And in their defense, the last like three months have been bangers of a month. So absolutely, and they usually have really good months. And yeah, like these games aren't for me either. But I still know they're good games in the genres that they're a part of. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what Game Pass is about, or not Game Pass is uh, um, services like PS Now's free games and Xbox PS Game Plus. with Gold is saying PS Plus. Yes, too right. many services. Um, <laughs> too many services. The whole point of it is saying, hey, you don't have to pay anything for this. You might not have ever put money down in City Skylines, but are you tempted to try it out now that it's free? Case that, in point, kind of the point. Dallas says in the chat, Skyline is dope. Boom, Shaka Khan. Moving on, May twenty twenty, Xbox One's Xbox. Bop. Chicken One, <laughs> Xbox One's games with gold titles are revealed, says Nick Biazzo at Game Ranks. They are as follows V Rally 4, Warhammer 40,000 Inquisitor Martyr, Sensible World of Soccer, and Overland 2. Now, this is a month that fucking sucks. <laughs> and they're not getting petitioned. <laughs> no, they're not. It's because most everyone who has games with gold also has 100 plus games on Game Pass, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, I have Xbox Live, and I've never once, first of all, felt compelled to add the game to my library because I just don't usually care about the games that are on Xbox Game of Gold. And it really is completely worthless compared to Game Pass. I remember you made a prediction that when you said it, I was like, oh my god, this has to happen. There's no way this won't happen. And that's that Xbox um, Games of the Gold will just become Game Pass. Yep, and if it'll just become the same thing, I'm like, that's brilliant. That makes so much sense. Why wouldn't they do that? Why haven't they done it, Chad? I'm sure we'll see some kind of announcement soon when they announce more about <clears throat> the next gen stuff. Um, yeah, I there was a there was a time where I actually did have where I paid for like a year of Xbox Live up front, which I think I've only done like once, where I did go actually and re- redeem these games on a semi regular basis. But my Xbox right now is only a. It's an exclusives machine, which is therefore a Game Pass machine. So I pay my $1 for Game Pass every couple of months to get it for a dollar, which, by the way, you can do right now. If your subscription is lapsed, which mine will do tomorrow, you can go and get another month for $1. Um, so, Wait, yeah. seriously? Yeah. If you do not have a current active oh. subscription, whether you're new to it or you've used it before, you can now renew for a dollar. I, I will be doing that. Yep. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Yep. That's what Define. I do. I just wait for it to to lapse, and then inevitably there's some kind of crazy ass deal on it. Uh, next up, so- Sonic. I am going to stab my eyes. <laughs> no, it's so it's it's Sonic. It's Sonia. Sonia Blade, movie director. No, Sonic movie director. No official plans for sequel yet, says Brian Shea at Game Informer, which is a shame because that movie was maybe the best video game movie of all time. So to hear that they're not even like it's been. What, two months since that movie came out? Yeah. It was Valentine's Day. Two and a half months since that movie came out, and they haven't greenlit a sequel yet? And seeing how well it did? The only reason I can think they haven't greenlit it is COVID stuff. They don't know when they could get started on it, I guess. But like, they can hire a writer who can write from home. Right, or just release the same movie with a different model of Sonic in it. Boom. <laughs> Color them gold. Call it Super Sonic. <laughs> Sonic 2. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past any studio to do that at this point. We need to do something. <laughs> they know this they can Avenger- do it in three months. They delayed it from November to February so that they could make Sonic again. <laughs> yeah, they're just gonna take Avengers Infinity War and Endgame and just like mishmash the scenes and replace like Thanos and like ah Red Skull is coming back and like <laughs> <laughs> Avengers Five, everyone. 
Next up, Reggie fils has launched a gaming podcast as Jordan Alleman at IGN. His new game uh, podcast called Talking Games is him and journalist Harold Goldberg, and they will host seven charity-focused episodes to help raise money for homeless students in partnership with the New York Video Game Critics Circle. That's super dope. They don't have any Very episodes dope. out yet, but they're coming. Um, one, it's cool to see Reggie fils probably speaking more candid than normal, I, although he's probably still buttoned up PR talk, even though he's still not a part of Nintendo yet anymore. Um, but to hear him talk about this, and then, of course, for charity. And he's teaching mm-hmm. at... Where is he teaching? Is it NYU? He's teaching at some prestigious university. It's like an... It's, yeah, it's prestigious. It's like Columbia or something like that. Yeah. So he's teaching there. And so have, this obviously makes sense then why he's having this go towards homeless students. Um, dope. Can't wait to check that out. And then, I'm really interested to get your opinion on this one. Dreams has a demo that's been announced in a trailer called Trial and Unlock, says Nick Biazzo at Game Ranks. Holden, with your newfound love of Super Mario Maker 2, are you going to jump into this Dreams demo? No. <gasps> Why not? Because that's time away from Super Mario Maker 2. <laughs> what? But Dreams no. allows you all the control you want. I know, but I'm really like into making a Mario level right now. And if I make a Mario level in Dreams, I'll get sued, apparently. Yep. Not really, but... <laughs> so I can't speaking, do that. Speaking of a Mario level in Dreams, some of the things that were featured in this Dreams trailer surprised me at how they made it into an official Sony trailer. There were a couple things like uh, there was clearly a ripoff of Astrobot in there, which I get. It's a Sony property, so I'm sure they didn't care as long as it was a cool level to entice people. But then there was a game where it was Kirby. Like the enemy was the little Waddle Dee guy from Kirby, but instead of Kirby, it was like a fat unicorn instead. I was like, that is clearly a ripoff of Kirby, and you're featuring it in a trailer, an official trailer for your game. <laughs> it's just different enough. Just enough, yeah. Well, but that enemy was not. That enemy was straight up the Waddle Dee. Have you ever played a Kirby game? No. Have you ever played Kirby Superstar? Oh, what about I played Kirby Air Ride? Kirby Air Ride. <gasps> no, you played. Didn't you play that new easy ass Switch Kirby game? Oh yeah, I played like two worlds, and I was like, nah, yeah, and I stopped playing it. That's why yeah. I, I totally forgot about it. Great game, <laughs> ten out of ten. Oh, man, 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 man. Cool. That's it for our Fetch Quest. So about a month ago, the highly anticipated... Sorry, we're moving on to our Sony Quest log. About a month ago, a highly anticipated Last of Us Part Two was delayed indefinitely from its May 29th release date. It's my sister's birthday. But the wait but won't be much longer. We have a few stories related to The Last of Us 2. One, release date update for The Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima from Jim Ryan at the PlayStation blog. Uh, now, the official Last of Us Part 2 release date is June 19th, and Ghost of Tsushima, which was set to come out a week later, will now come out on July 17th, uh, which is two weeks after its initial release of June 26th. I guess technically it's three weeks. Three weeks after its initial June 26th release date. Mm-hmm. One, pause there. Holden, are you excited about this new date? What do you think sparked this new date? Elaborate. I mean, I people speculate online that the leaks are why this new release date was uh, initiated, but I'm pretty sure the release date was announced before the leaks were were prominent. It, it was not announced before the leaks happened, for sure. I don't. I can't before speak to like ha- prominence, happened, yeah. like how how much they were out in the wild. But 
I just feel like if it was the leaks that caused it, we wouldn't have heard about our new release date quite. I just feel like it's a jump to say these new leaks happened. They haven't gone mainstream quite yet, but June 19th announced it immediately. I don't think that is a possible time frame for this happening. So I think they just figured out what they needed to figure out and realized the longer that they're waiting, it might actually hurt them. So just release it I'm as soon as you can. I'm wondering if they they actually have a solution. Because part of the reason they delayed it that they mentioned was that they didn't have a way to sufficiently produce enough physical copies and distribute them like they wanted to all over the world at the same time for a global release. Uh, and I'm wondering if this means that they figured it out. Like, do they now have the ability to produce enough discs where they didn't before? Have they figured out a change in the production chain? Does this mean good things for all the other games that were potentially delayed? Like, will we see them have sooner release dates than we thought? Uh, and hopefully that means it, it won't affect anything coming out in late August or early September. So that excites me and the possibility of that. But I do feel like... I do feel like there was some some causation, some some part of this announcement, whether it was like the timing of it or the date itself or something like that, some part of it, I do feel like since it was so close to those leaks, it had to be maybe maybe the communication of it was just like, hey, we're going to release this communication about the release date just to let people know, hey, there are leaks out there, but don't worry. You don't have to look at these because the game is around the corner. Like to keep people maybe from looking at them and figuring out what's going on. Like, hey, listen, you can find out for yourself for real on the 19th. I, I don't know. I just feel like there's something ar- uh, something around that. The timing was super suspicious to me. It was suspect, as the kids say. Bet. <laughs> By the way, side note. Bet. Uh, one of our one of our friends, fans, lifelong friends, um, Brent is Porkchop1864. You've yep. all seen him on the show before. Uh, he's teaching us the lingo that the kids say, and one of the words is bet. And before he said it like 95 times while we were playing some game, I had never heard anyone say bet. Now, I was watching that new show, Dave, on Hulu. And yes, this is becoming my Mr. Robot. This is my, everyone needs to watch this show because I need to talk about it with someone. But I was watching Dave and there are maybe 10 mentions of bet in those 10 episodes. And I was like, holy shit, holy shit. They're saying bet all the time. And I kind of know what it means in that context. It's amazing. Sorry, I don't remember where I was, but let's what move on. What does it mean? I actually didn't. I think I missed that context. It's kind of like, uh, from what I gather, the way that, that Brent is using it, it's like an affirmation of some kind. Like, oh, dude, bet. I can't wait okay. to go see Sonic 2 in theaters. Bet. And then everyone else should reply, bet. Including the original poster. <laughs> okay. So I is think it like saying it you would bet on that? Is like, uh, no, okay. no, no. It has nothing to do with gambling or chance or betting. It's just oh. like it is. It's like how we say Gucci for like nice, dude. Like Gucci, that's all Gucci. It's like good or okay. It has nothing to do with Gucci the purse. <laughs> oh, okay. Gucci's not a person or a brand. It's a purse. This link goes weird to me. I'm personally just gonna make fetch happen. I'm gonna make fetch happen. That's oh my what I'm god, make Holden, you are so 1901. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Continuing the Last of Us story, we mentioned that there were some leaks. So some. Some have speculated online, and we'll share our thoughts in a moment, that the new release date is in response to Last of Us Part Two's story leaking online, which comes from Hayden Taylor at GamesIndustry.biz. The story details entire cutscenes from the game, gameplay segments, and menus have, been, uh, have become available. There were some early rumors that it might be a disgruntled employee from Naughty Dog that did the leaks. Um, however, that has been proven wrong. Uh, Sony is investigating the matter, and speculation has taken a turn. Jason Schreier tweeted, although he is... 
currently on leave and on break before he starts at Bloomberg. He tweeted, okay. Always working. Always working. Okay, after talking to two people with direct knowledge of how The Last of Us 2 leaked, as well as some Naughty Dog employees, I have a good idea of what happened. Short version, hackers found a security vulnerability in a patch for an older Naughty Dog game and used it to get access to Naughty Dog's servers. One additional thing, Sony and Naughty Dog have come out and said, we figured out who the leaker is, or who the, who the hacker is. Like, they know the individual, but they won't tell anyone their name or who it is, but they know who it is. So, be safe, everybody. Do not go and look at these leaks. It is not worth it. Don't spoil yourself on the game. Don't support people who hack other companies and ruin it for everybody else out there. They're assholes. The assholes. Gotta check your asshole. Can't get pregnant. It's a booty hole. Word association is a blessing and a curse. Holden, do you have anything to say about these? <laughs> um, un- unrelated, but mildly related, ten- tangentially related. Last week, we talked about Jason Schreier going to Bloomberg. I expressed a concern that, hey, we might not hear that much from him. He might do doing his Bloomberg thing because this other guy, Mark Gurman, that whole story. You can go back to last week's episode and listen to my opinion there. This made me go, oh, man, Jason. Like, Jason. 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 You're not gone. He's still a part of this. And I don't know. Like I know he's not a Bloomberg yet, technically, but the article itself said like Bloomberg's Jason Schreier said in a tweet, and I'm like, oh, this is happening. But he's still here, and that's good. Yeah, it's a good thing. But here. on the topic of this, yeah, I'm not at all surprised here. It's actually not a disgruntled employee because everything we've covered with Naughty Dog is like, yeah, they have a really rough practice there. But it's because of volunteer efforts and people wanting to put in the hours. And I can't imagine someone being like, oh, I'm working 12 hours because I want this hairline to look incredible. And, oh, fucking Naughty Dog. And then like, they leaked everything because they're so upset. Like, I don't think that makes any sense. Um, over I'm a sure hairline. People were <laughs> over a hairline. Specifically, it had to have been a hairline. Joel has uh, to be I, balding. <laughs> I still don't know how someone would have gotten access to Naughty Dog servers. Like, the speculation that it was they... There was a, a patch, I guess they said here, there's a patch in an older Naughty Dog game, and they used to access the Naughty Dog servers. Is Naughty Dog really keeping the information on The Last of Us Part 2 on the same server for the multiplayer for The Last of Us? That seems strange to me. I don't know. It also Why would there Jack be a and connection Daxter. There? What happened to Jack and Dexter? I don't know. That's the, the older game that they could have hacked from a patch. It didn't happen oh, in the multiplayer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was there multiplayer? There's Jack... No. Jack racing, and Daxter was not even... New enough to desert to like warrant a patch to get a patch. It was PlayStation Two, although they did oh, it's for PlayStation Two. That's right. They did release a collection. Yeah, it was the collection. But yeah, but the only one was multiplayer was the racing one. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things like it's garbage. You shouldn't do that. Before we move on, coming out June nineteenth. I'm still taking the two weeks to not play it though. Yes. Matter of fact, actually, whatever time frame it is, I don't. I haven't done like the days, how many days it is. But my birthday, I'm not asking for birthday. Like, thanks, I'm not a person. But like, my birthday is July 4th, and that day I'm going to spend playing the Last of Us Part Two. I'm going to dedicate the entire day. Um, that's when I'm first going to play it on my birthday. All of it. Okay. I don't know how many days that is, but it's enough time where I'm like, okay, I feel comfortable with my kind of break, my little my little b- semi boycott I'm doing on it. <laughs> Baby boycott. Little baby boycott. <laughs> Before we move on, I do have to acknowledge in the chat Dallas's bet. And I will respond with bet. Moving Fetch. on to Microsoft's Quest Log. Microsoft reported their financials this week with good and not so good news. Starting with the good news first. Microsoft reports record Xbox Live usage. 10 milli Game Pass subscribers 
Uh, Millie is my affectation on the actual headline from Alex Calvin at PC Games Insider. The last time Microsoft discussed Xbox Live's monthly active users was back in July 2019, so almost a year ago. They had 65 million users. That's one user for every million years. No, for excuse me. One user for every year since some species of dinosaur originated. <laughs> now, almost a year later, they have over 90 million users. If you think about that, there's what? Maybe, maybe 50 million Xbox Ones out there in the wild? A lot of PC users. Yeah, a lot of PC users with the new PC Game Pass. I've heard that's really popular. Um, I'm checking the date, by the way. I'm, I think 2019. That sounds users. Yeah, I think it's 2018. I think I might have mistyped that. I'm, I'm checking mm, it right now, nice. but keep going. Sorry. But even, even having 10 million Game Pass subscribers is a feat. It is a feat. That's exciting. Absolutely. And of course, that is across I, PC and Xbox. I tried to find numbers on how many PS Now users there are. And I couldn't find a hard number on how many PS Now users there are. Only that in 2017, they had 700,000. I'm sure it has grown since then. Yeah, but I think I the only numbers we've would've... gotten in relation to like comparing this, these two services is all like how much profit they made. Like I think it was PlayStation yeah. Now has made double the profit of Game Pass or something like that, or triple the revenue or something like that. But they've been out for way longer. And they were also charging twenty dollars a month, as opposed to Game Pass always being ten dollars right. a month. Yeah, and, they and cut I feel the price like half now. I feel like if PS Now was had jumped from seven hundred thousand to close to ten million, they would have been talking about that. So this is a huge win for Microsoft, really getting those services in, which we've talked about before. I, I don't know if like we've talked about before, like how like hardware sales is no longer really the determining factor of how successful you are. And I, I think there's some some truth to that, but also hardware is still really important. We both can agree services is where things are going. So to, for Xbox to have that huge of a uh, of an increase over PlayStation, assuming at least, but I think it's fair speculation. Against Sony, that's huge. That's huge for them. Even let's say in next generation, Sony still sells more consoles than Xbox. Xbox is going to be just fine because they have that that services revenue. That's right. That's right. But not everything was just as bright because Microsoft's gaming revenues are flat in Q3 2020. Says Rebecca Valentine at GamesIndustry.biz. Two things of note here: despite revenue from the Xbox content and services being up two percent, as we kind of mentioned there with Game Pass and Xbox Live. The Xbox division as a whole was actually down 1%. And hardware revenues specifically were down 20%. Now, to me, that 100% makes sense and they should have seen it coming. And I'm sure they did. But hardware revenues uh, dipping six months before they launch a new console makes complete sense to me. That people aren't going to go out and buy something that they know a newer, better version is right around the corner. And traditionally, we see that happen anyway right before a console launch as well. Um. 65 million people going back to the correction was in 2019, July 2019. Whoa. Yeah. Specifically did... June 30th when they announced their financial call. So probably before that date, they hit yeah. that milestone, but they announced it um, then. When did PC Game Pass Damn. happen? That was E3 last year? Uh, let's look I it feel up. like that was E3, which makes sense then. If they, if they were able to add almost 30 million users, I assume it's from roping in PC people. Yeah. Also, like last year on January 30th, they had announced that, 
yeah, January 30th, 2019, they announced that they had doubled their in one quarter, it doubled their subscribers in for uh, like just for Game Pass. So I'm sure Xbox Live has also had similar growth as well. Yeah, so I feel like people who buy Game Pass, yeah, Game Pass Ultimate, but also people who would just even if they're not buying them bundled together, the kind of person who would get live or who would get Game Pass is probably getting live to begin with as well. So I think they might have similar upticks. Um, based on the numbers we have. Are you still looking up something? Can I move on to Nintendo? Um, I can't find it. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Yeah, let's move on. Moving on to Nintendo oh, Quest Log. One thing. Not one yet. Thing. Not yet. Uh, the numbers are flat. It's also a new generation of consoles coming out in the fall. This is not news. This is like how it works. Yep. So um, this isn't concerning in any way, I don't think. No. Sony will announce the same thing very shortly, I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> Nintendo Quest Log, between rumors of a 3D Mario All-Stars bundle <gasps> and a long gap between last September's Nintendo Direct and last month's Direct Mini, a new Direct didn't seem too far. That is, until Nintendo allegedly delays their June Direct, which was supposed to occur during E3. <clears throat> From Dennis Patrick at GameRanks, Nintendo has apparently delayed their June E3 Nintendo Direct. So because of local lockdowns due to COVID-19, obviously, Nintendo has had a hard time finalizing their plans. It's also worth noting that in neither of the big new things that are happening, whether it's Jeff Keighley's uh, four-month game thing or IGN's Summer of Gaming, neither of them include Nintendo in these plans. And then, hold on, I believe you want to ask me, can Nintendo afford to wait any longer to announce games for the last half of 2020? We don't know anything. Before I answer that question, when we talked after the last Direct Mini... Yeah. You made a really strong case about going back and crunching numbers and looking at all the history of direct minis followed by directs, and you said there was going to be another direct sometime before E3. I did. And then a week after, I said, maybe not, because... And oh, wait, I said, I, said, I, I uh, corrected the Zelda prediction, but not the, the direct prediction. You're right. I could have sworn that we made some kind of bet around that. This is not a use of bet in the slang term. This is a gambling type thing. <laughs> I could have sworn there was some kind of bet around that. Or maybe I was just like, God, I hope you're right. I don't remember. But somebody go back in time, listen to that episode, and let me know if Holden owes me like a pizza or a back rub or something like that. Um, a back rub? I had to fly to California to give you a back rub. That seems Yeah, heavy. you have to wear a mask and everything. The whole flight over everything. Yes, and you have to back rub me with gloves, six feet apart. You have to put... <laughs> Plastic <laughs> Halloween glove hands on the end of a broomstick. Can Nintendo afford to wait any longer to announce games for the last half of 2020? Um, yes, I think they can. Uh, they, Whenever they announce it, however they announce it, and whatever they announce, they will dominate the conversation as they always do. People will be right there to snap it up. So even if they wait until August to tell us, hey, at the end of August, we're releasing Super Mario All-Stars 2, they're going to be just fine. There will be enough buzz to let enough people know before it drops. Yeah, if the only thing they're releasing for the rest of this year are the Super Mario remasters, yeah, they can do what they can do whatever they want. And they I would hope say, Metroid Prime Trilogy. Yeah, um, but just for like the, the sake of, of argument, like only those Super Mario All Star like bundle game, whatever it is, like if it's a bundle or individual games, whatever it is, they could say, "Hey guys," and. Th three minutes we're gonna release this mario bundle here's yep. a trailer for it doesn't matter they could release it and it would sell just as many copies they could sell it tuesday morning at 7 53 a.m like doesn't matter um 
So I, I think they can definitely afford to wait. It really comes down to, I think, more of if they are going to release that Paper Mario game coming out. I also heard a rumor that they're going to release Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC for Ooh. this year as well, which would make sense because another rumor that the big game for end of the year is going to have tires in it. Mario Kart 8 DLC sounds more likely than a Mario Kart 9 right now. Considering how many people have bought, bought Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, how many people would buy the DLC for it, they're just asking to print money. Like That made so much sense when I heard that. If they're doing that, they're doing the Paper Mario game, if they're doing the Prime Trilogy, kind of taking all this stuff out of the vacuum and looking at everything now, I, it'd be tough to wait till August to announce all those games and the release dates. But it also comes down to, as well, is it a bundle for those Mario games, or is it individual games? The individual games they're releasing alongside the Metroid Prime Trilogy, Paper Mario, Mario Kart 8 the DLC, it's a lot of stuff to like build in before December. So basically between like September and December. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. They could do it, but it's a lot of stuff, especially when you're in that hot period of next-gen news. That is going to be the hottest period of next-gen news. All the hype is building up to that point. Nintendo, I think, needs to make their case before that huge next-gen push comes into play. Um, for Not so much for people like us, but for people who are more casually involved in the industry, who are probably going to see more things about Sony and Microsoft this holiday than they would about Nintendo, even with the Mario remasters. Um yeah, I'm, I I can't imagine it's going to get delayed for any other reason than th- some of the content's probably not ready. And as we've heard from like Phil Spencer and many other people, is that software is harder to figure out right now than than hardware. So I feel like that might be a bigger reason why it's getting delayed. Not so much like they can't put marketing plans together, but because right. they simply don't know if like they they want to hit that time frame for Mario's 35th anniversary, but if they legitimately can't do it, they're not going to force it. To play devil's advocate, one thing that we in this discussion have not taken into account yet is that we're assuming all of those games are coming out before Christmas. Yeah. I, they could announce something like New Super Mario Bros. Wii U, Switch, Deluxe, came out in January. Like they, if, they, if they announce the Mario games in August or September, but they say, hey, we're spreading these out over the next six months, I feel like that could be plenty of time. They say, hey, the first one's coming end of September or beginning of October, whatever it is, and then you'll get a new one every couple of months. Like that if they work. if they ditched the idea of doing this for 35th anniversary of Mario, absolutely, yeah. But if they're doing it for Mario's 35th anniversary, I think that does put that before Christmas time frame on everything. Even but obviously, they're not going to release a bad game to make it fit with a marketing ploy. I, yeah. uh, Nintendo, I don't think they would do that, especially with Mario. They can right. take their time with Mario. I mean, look at Fast and Furious. Games, hundred percent, exactly. I don't know what the connection is, 100%. but exactly. exactly. Just you know, forcing a timeline just to co-release with something else. But that game now has an extra year to actually become. Oh, Crossroad! Good. Now is what you're saying? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. the video game and the movie. <clears throat> it might be a good video game now because it didn't look great before. Right, sorry, it looks like I'm garbage. so sorry. No, he knows it looks like trash, but he's gonna play it anyway, and he's gonna love it. <laughs> Moving on to our third-party quest log. After Egyptian and Greek backdrops for the last two Assassin's Creed games, Ubisoft brings Vikings to the franchise with a cra- Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You, oh, it sounded like you almost said a Kraken's Creed. Is it something a you're Kraken's about to say? Seed. <laughs> <laughs> Apollo's Creed, Hal Valhalla. 
Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla was announced, says Matt Miller at Game Informer. Valhalla was initially announced during a six-hour live stream of digital artist Boss Logic drawing art for the game. And the next day, we finally got our first cinematic trailer. Pause. Before we talk about the trailer, what did you think of the marketing stunt of, of the announcement of this game? I don't understand these marketing tactics of like, ooh, we're going to tease this trailer for, you know, an entire day. Like, just release it. Just release the trailer. You're, if people are excited for the tease of the trailer, they would have been just as excited for the trailer. And now you paid this dude to draw for six hours, and I don't think you had to do that. I don't think it added any value. I don't think it really changed anything. It's like having building hype for more hype is strange to me. I think it can work in specific circumstances, but I don't know. I think it's fair to say here as well, I don't have this connection to Assassin's Creed. So like, if they did this for Zelda, I might have been like, oh my god, they're oh, drawing you this picture been of like, all Hyrule. Over the screen, would have had to have napkins around everywhere. But I still feel like I would have been equally as hyped if the trailer was just dropped. So here's, the, here's <laughs> I my... I will not shut up, Dallas. I will never <laughs> shut up. Here's my thing on it. Um, I feel like this would have been really epic and a really cool reveal had this game not leaked in traditional Assassin's Creed fashion 90,000 years ago. Like, we've... I feel like it's literally been a year since we found out the next Assassin's Creed is going to be Vikings. Yeah. And the biggest surprise wasn't called Assassin's Creed Ragnarok. I think that's what we all assume. Right, yeah. Like, oh, it's Valhalla instead. Cool, it's still Vikings. Yeah. yeah. I think this would have been... If, if it was them drawing it and then we saw them start to draw the boat, and like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, is this Vi like if we didn't know it was going to be Vikings, and then we see the people on the right and they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know, they don't quite look like Vikings, and there's this castle, and, and then we start to see it reveal. That could have been really, really cool. But they I knew agree, absolutely that we knew for months, for literally almost a year, I think. And so, uh, yeah, I feel like this was maybe something that they planned a long time ago, and it didn't quite pan out, and it doesn't look the same. But, uh, but the trailer is still the trailer, and that's like that's the how it's hard. Yeah, the the art thing, however, I feel like was a little bit a little bit tone deaf, based on what we already knew. However, as someone who does work in a Photoshop like program a lot on graphic design stuff, it was cool. Whenever I tuned, I tuned in maybe like three or four times to kind of see him go in and like, oh, he just duplicated that flag and like stretched it out over here to make it slightly different for this soldier carrying it and that soldier, and then he mirrored it. And it's like seeing that and actually seeing an artist work like that on a giant, uh, giant piece of art was like really cool to see his process um but i'm there's no way i want to watch six hours of that i don't think anybody else does either no it wasn't interesting to me when death stranding did something similar where they had like the trailer playing but behind every, a bunch of stuff that was obfuscating the view and like over six hours things slowly started to like go yeah, it was away like hand until finally and, like, hand prints started disappearing. yeah hand prints that's what it was and, and Fallout I think with did Death... something similar where they had like the police standby screen, screen and everyone was just watching that police standby to figure out what the fuck it was and then it was like something yeah. stupid. I think and I think you made a really good point about us having the knowledge of the game ahead of time impacts our excitement for that live stream. I think with Death Stranding it works better for some people because we had no clue what was going to be on the side of, of those hand parents being unrevealed. With still this don't know one, what that game is. So. <laughs> still, still don't know what it is. With this one in particular, as they're drawing it, you're like, oh, that guy's drawing a Viking. I guess the next Assassin's Creed game is going to be a Viking, and we're two hours into the six-hour like stream. I don't know. It doesn't have the same impact for me. But I'm, I, again, I just wanted to drop a trailer. And in they the trailer, did. though. 
Assassin's Creed yeah, Valhalla cinematic world premiere trailer. This is from Ubisoft itself, Ubisoft North America on YouTube. Uh, at the end of the trailer, it is worth noting that they only advertise it on Xbox One and Series X. However, it is coming to PS4, PS5, Epic Game Store, Ubisoft Store, Google Stadia, and Uplay Plus. You remember Uplay Plus? Uplay I Plus. I do. Forgot that was a thing until right now. Um, so it is coming to all those platforms. We're uncertain, of course, whether or not PlayStation's going to have that, like, buy it once, played on any console that you own, like Xbox does. Uh, but I'm sure that'll be announced shortly whenever we find out about the next PlayStation. Before we get into the trailer too much, just on the topic of like uh, crossplay and all that stuff, I went to the PlayStation channel on YouTube just to watch the trailer there and see if it said PS4, or PS5. It doesn't say anything. Like w- oh. it literally, it's like they took the same trailer from Xbox that had the Xbox logos and just like removed the Xbox logos and replaced it with anything else. Like Ooh. there's a gap and like logos offset from like where the Xbox logos were. It's kind of <laughs> weird. That's funny. It's weird. That's I don't so think it funny. means anything, but I just thought it was funny. Um, the trailer for me. Uh, I got pumped. I got P-U-M-P-E-D pumped for a couple of reasons. One, I am super interested now in like the Viking culture and Norse mythology due to Hellblade and God of War 2018. Like that is now I'm, to the point where like I'm considering getting like Viking tattoos. And Whoa. so that now is like <laughs> super interesting to me to, so, to see something else, especially something that's so rooted in history and truth to the point where it's like used as a teaching tool and that kind of stuff. Like seeing Assassin's Creed tackle it is going to be really fun for me. This is the first Assassin's Creed game that I'm interested in in nine years. The last one I played was Revelations. And so I'm, I'm excited to jump in, see what... I'm sure it's going to continue some part of gameplay from Odyssey and Origins when those both kind of redid the uh, the series. So I'm, I'm pumped for it. I can't wait to see more. Uh, and... The Viking guy himself, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but it starts with an E, looks badass. True story, because of quarantine, I started growing out my hair a little bit more because, one, I'm afraid to cut it, but, two, I'm going to grow it out and kind of do the Viking braid thing down the back. True story. Can't You're going to do that? I'm going to do it. No, no, why not? No better time than why now. Why not? I'm going to be working from home yeah. for the next 93 years. Everyone's going to come into quarantine with like, crazy styles that like never would have tried to like, yep. evolve into over time. It's going to have a huge impact on fashion. But you're not as hype on this game? It's, yeah, I mean, I don't... Nothing I saw was like, that sucks. I'm not, like, upset or, like... Yeah, I'm just very neutral. I'm like, yeah, that was a good CGI trailer for a game that I'm assuming is going to be good and a game in a series that I haven't played in a long time, nor have I played any of the new ones to kind of know what the big changes are for me to look forward to. I guess, because I saw a tweet from Brent saying that that he wants the Hidden Blade to come back is something he had uh, uh, was like on his wish list before the trailer had come out. So I'm like, oh, the Hidden, hidden Blade is gone. So I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, that's back. That's cool. I liked that item in Assassin's Creed Yeah, I didn't 1. even know it was gone. Yeah, I didn't even know it was gone either until Brent had mentioned it. Um, so it, it looks cool, but I don't have a reason to get excited too much. I think like Hellblade and God of War totally makes sense. I didn't make the Norse connection. But that totally makes sense. Yeah. When he when he turns around, um, when you hear the thunder and he's like, Odin is on our side. And then they go, ah, God, give me goosebumps right now just thinking about it. <laughs> I liked God of War. I really liked Hellblade. But I think I liked Hellblade not so much for like the lore and all that kind of stuff behind it. And for me, like God of War, what I liked about it wasn't so much like the lore behind the scenes that like that doesn't speak to me as much. But I'm very curious what the gameplay looks like. 
if only because this is a cross-gen title, and I'm very curious what cross-gen titles are going to look like. What What is the difference going to be between the PS5 and PS4 version, and obviously to extension Xbox Series X and Xbox One? I'm excited for that kind of stuff. Um, and you will find out very soon. Yeah, very, very soon. On Thursday, this Thursday, yeah. there will be an Xbox, an inside Xbox showing off Xbox Series X gameplay footage for a bunch of games, including Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah, which I didn't include in the notes just because we basically talked about that last week. We just didn't talk about it with a specific date. Yep. Phil Spencer kind of just said, hey, we're going to talk about this stuff very soon. And by very soon, he meant announcing it for the next week. Um, Yeah, this is cool stuff. Trailer looks good. I don't have a lot to say about it. Looks, looks Let's talk good. about G Keeley a little bit. In E3's absence, IGN introduced Summer of Gaming event, giving companies an outlet to make announcements, and there will be big titles with games like Cyberpunk 2077 recently being added to the lineup, but IGN is no longer alone, which is only good news for everyone. Jeff Keeley announces Summer Game Fest, a four-month-long season of gaming news and demos, says Eric Van Allen at US Gamer. A few things about it. On Twitter, Keeley described the event as, quote, all the news you've been waiting for, but also in-game events, playable content, and demos of select titles, and a bunch of fun surprises. Com- companies scheduled to have announcements include K, whatever K is, Activision, Blizzard Entertainment, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, Digital Extremes, EA, PlayStation, Private Division, Riot Games, Square Enix, Steam, Warner Bros., and Microsoft. More details will be announced in the coming weeks. Holden, does this tickle your pickle? Oh, boy. So first off, um, I growing up, I always liked video games, but I always, even though I wasn't playing games, I still loved video game news. But summer was always that slow period where nothing happened. It became more prominent for me when we started doing the podcast and we had to start talking about news during the summer, which was non-existent. And that doesn't seem like it's ever going to be a problem ever again. Right? <laughs> Because there's no way that this event doesn't get continued to next year, and IGNs doesn't get continued to next year, because the absence of E3 is going to hugely benefit these two different uh, these two different events, and just all the companies they have. Like IGN had a good list; these guys have an even better list, and I'm sure it's because Jeff Keighley's been sorting this since well before E3 was even canceled. Yep. He's probably been working on this before the Game Awards. He's got Warner Bros. on this list. And Microsoft and PlayStation. Like, Warner Bros., that's Rocksteady, that's Batman, that's Harry Potter. That's the fucking Harry Potter game I can't wait for. It's finally going to (laughs) happen. I'm excited as fuck. I'm, I'm excited for two reasons. One, it will take all of the games that normally get overshadowed at E3. Maybe they have a lackluster reveal, they don't have a trailer in a big conference, but they're featured elsewhere on the show floor or something like that. It's going to take them and give them a spotlight sometime over the next four months, which is really cool. So we're going to learn more about games that otherwise would have been passed over. But two, Jeff Keighley's been working on making this stuff more available remotely for a while. And in fact, I think it was the... It was the, the first... What was it Gamescom last year? He did some kind of stream in partnership with them. Yeah, like the Gamescom. Like yeah. Gamescom opening night live or something like that. And I think it was that where he also partnered with Steam and there was like 40 games you could demo for free on Steam. Like demos that would have been at the event you could now also play on Steam. Like I would love to see that kind of stuff come to consoles as well as part of this. And I hope that he's been working on those partnerships and making it happen. 
as it says, like there's going to be in-game events, playable content, and demos of select titles. I just hope it's not a PC-only thing. God damn it. I don't think we, oh, yeah. I can see the playable content aspect being playable only on... Sorry, blah, the, the playable content only being accessible on PC. Um, I can see that being the case only because it would require a lot of effort on Microsoft and Sony's part to make sure that they're not putting, for example... This is a hypothetical, a Last of Us Part 2 demo out there, and then people hack their PlayStations and then data mine the hell out of yeah. out of this and then leak The Last of Us Part 2. Not that anyone would leak The Last of Us Part 2. No one would have the conscience to do that, but I wouldn't put it past some people. Wouldn't put it past them. The playable kind of is the most exciting part to me, because I feel like there's so many games from like, yeah, like for example, that Avengers like game they showed off at E three last year. Like how much better would that have spoken to people if people could actually play Thor and yep. play Iron Man in that on that bridge and just see what that's like. God. I can see that being the new game night game for a long time. Oh, oh. Man, I'm not looking forward to it. Oh, I <laughs> we'll can't see. wait. Uh, that's uh that's it for our third party quest log. Anything else to add before we move on? No. Chad, take us into our ad read. Before we get to our main quest, I want to tell you about Affable Idiots. It's the new brand under which we fall, along with AAWI and also with you. Uh, check both of those things out, us and them. Uh, special tease into today's episode of AAWI, we did an emoji face challenge where we had to make the faces of emojis like lipstick and dinosaurs with your face. <laughs> and guess what they were? And I was dying laughing. Dying. Uh, we just released both of those podcasts in video version on YouTube, but that's only the first of many amazing things that we want to do, but we need your support first. So, if you could do this, it's free, it takes 13 seconds, I timed it. Go to the description of wherever you're listening to this, there are three links to all three of our YouTube channels. Click on those links, click subscribe, click the back button, click on the second link, click subscribe, click the back button, click on the third link, click subscribe, click the back button. Click on the first link again, switch your YouTube account to another one that you make, and do the whole process over again. <laughs> do that until we reach 100 because we need uh, personalized URLs like youtube.com slash fire. That way, like at the beginning of this thing, when I told you, go to youtube.com slash to watch barf. Actually, that was kind of blah, blah, blah. It's kind of a good sound for barf. Uh, so help us out there. It's free. Also, reviewing us on podcast services is free, and it helps us a lot. And if you leave us little kind words, it also helps our morale in this difficult time. And then finally, if you want to be a patron over at patreon.com slash respawnaimfire, you can go there to get a dope new wallpaper for the month of May. You can play along with us on game nights. You could have played Splatoon 2 this week with us. Uh, and you can influence what we're playing for BARF each month. BARF is Backlog Accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. It is where we as a community all play one game that we wish we would have played earlier, that we haven't played in a long time, we want to revisit, or maybe it's a classic this month, you all voted, all you patrons voted, so that everyone is playing The Order 1886. Bring on the werewolf dicks! That's um, what Talk about Patreon and game nights really quickly. I wanted to make this pronouncement. I have been doing and hosting an Animal Crossing game night for the past few weeks now. Yes. I decided to alter directions for it slightly because here's this one problem one fundamental huge problem with game night for animal crossing it's not inclusive enough <gasps> there's no room for chad and that's a big part of exclusivity is having chad question 
Did you hear that fart? Absolutely. I did hear that fart, yeah. Very good. I think your microphone picked it up perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be switching Animal Crossing game night to a Nintendo night. Oh. And despite our issues with Nintendo's online services, they are still playable. So we'll have like, we'll switch it up. So we'll play like Splatoon, we'll play Mario Kart, we'll play Smash Bros, we'll play Animal Crossing sometimes. Um, but yeah, I wanted to make it a little bit more open to just Nintendo games. Oh, and so this usually happens when? Friday nights. Friday 9 nights. PM. 9 p.m. Eastern, Eastern time. time. Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time, whichever one it happens to be that time of year. Mm-hmm. And I will... I'll be putting. I'll start putting. I used to put the updates or the announcements for each game night at the middle of the day on Friday, but I'm gonna start doing it on Thursday in the middle of the day, so that I can give people some time to like download Super Smash Bros. or download Splatoon if they don't have it already downloaded, um, since that game can change. But we might do like once every two weeks switches up or once a month to switch it up. Uh, I haven't quite figured that out yet, but that is happening. So by this Friday, expect that to know about that. Dopey Dopey Cocoa Pop. Like. That's exciting. Cool. It's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. old deal. Let's move on to our main quest, which is that PS5 games might have a reveal date. Dun dun Ooh. dun! I don't even might. They do. They do. They, they straight up do. Yeah. PlayStation fans yeah. are hungry for more PS5 details, and the wait might not be much longer. Thanks to Boom. Chandler Wood of PlayStation Lifestyle for easing us. It's in a Chandler bit. Wood. To be totally clear. What did I say? Chandler Wood. What did I said, say? <laughs> If, you didn't they, say Chandler if Wood. it's not pronounced Chandler Wood, maybe he shouldn't have made it the first couple letters of Hanukkah. <laughs> OPM, official PlayStation magazine. Gosh, Monica and Chandler. <laughs> I'm such I a totally Chandler. <laughs> Excuse me, do you uh, can you fix the light bulbs in the chandelier, please? Thank you. Oh my God, will you pass the candelabra? That one doesn't even have an H in it. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, OPM, official PlayStation magazine, will reveal PlayStation 5 games in its July issue, which goes on sale June 2nd, says Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. In the most recent issue of official PlayStation magazine, they announced their next issue will be released on June 2nd and will include the latest games coming to PlayStation 5 and how they'll play. The announcement comes alongside speculation that Sony is ready to show off PS5 in May as well. There's also one more thing that happened due to OPM that I want to call out as dumb. Ooh. There was also, I think it was the cover of this one, showed Horizon Zero Dawn. It was a big old Horizon Zero Dawn thing, and the caption read, uh, the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. And so people were like, oh my god, they're announcing Horizon Zero Dawn 2! Oh my god, this is amazing! And the next day, PlayStation tweeted, there's been some confusion about the official PlayStation magazine. We are not announcing Horizon Zero Dawn 2. We are announcing the sequel comic series uh, that continues the story after the first game <laughs> as, a, as a comic book. And they, I think they said in the tweet, people seem to be getting carried away. I'm like, of fucking course they would. You put a visual of Horizon Zero Dawn and say, the sequel? <laughs> and you don't think people are going to assume it's the next game coming out? But, rewinding, talking about OPM and the PS5 games reveal in July. What are your thoughts? Holden, go. So, one thing is I just... It's just on to be right now. That's a. Yeah. It's called the official PlayStation magazine, and you know what that means, right? It means that it's probably a third-party contracted company that PlayStation pays and doesn't have anything to do with. That, but also means it's a magazine and yes. not video-based. So we'll make it some pictures, and we'll get some preview <laughs> descriptions of these games when we really want to see them in action. And I'm like, oh, well, they probably have a YouTube channel. 
and they'll probably just post the videos there. So I went to YouTube and just just right now and typed in official PlayStation magazine, and they don't they don't got a YouTube channel. No, so, I assume they would post their videos on the PlayStation channel. Hopefully, 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 hopefully. Um, yeah, I if there so there's a rumor that there's going to be a Sony event in May to show up the PS5, which would make sense because they're probably not going to have the games revealed in a magazine when they could show them off and some sort of video format, that would make more sense. And I don't think they're also going to say, hey, the magazine came out today. Here are five game trailers for games that we want to talk about. Like, I don't think they're going to coincide the announcement with the magazine. I think they're going to do the announcement in some sort of state of play or whatever they decide to do. That's not an in-person presentation because there's no way they're going to do that at this point. And then after those games are revealed and we know about them, then like two weeks later, this magazine will come out that has more information on each of those games. Excuse me, that were announced. That's how I imagine it playing out. As we've learned from uh, previously said this episode, my speculation does not always uh, pan out completely. So, but that's my speculation right now. I'm, I'm just. It's just like one of those things where it's about time. Yeah, it's I about think time. It, I I'm think it's ready. one of those things where uh, they will kind of have their hand forced a little bit. Whether or not they were planning to do it in May or not, the whole time is irrelevant. But with Xbox revealing a ton of new next gen games coming out this Thursday, not the game's coming out, but they're announcing it on Thursday, there's already there's already been a lot of hindrance of game companies talking about their games because PlayStation hasn't said anything. We, th- we think about like Cyberpunk and now Assassin's Creed Valhalla being like, yeah, we have smart delivery on Xbox, but we can't speak for PlayStation stuff because they won't talk yet. So like both of those companies are saying like, we can't properly message our game because Sony hasn't made a move. And now with the slew of new games being shown on Thursday that might be also coming to PlayStation 5. I think more and more game companies are going to be putting the pressure on Sony to be like, listen, we, we need to be able to talk, to about our ga- talk about our games far enough in advance. So I think it's about time. Timing-wise, I think it's also something that they're being forced a little bit into. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to see a, a reveal event, some kind of pre-recorded video, a bunch of trailers, similar to what we would see normally at an E3 thing. And then I think we're yeah we're gonna see a, a magazine issue breaking down like here's an interview with the developer of this game that was shown off mm-hmm. and this is why that game is gonna be cool. So I think that's what we're gonna see from the magazine along with some pretty screenshots. Yeah. Um, also, they say games plural. Yeah. That's exciting too. It's not gonna be like hey we're just gonna show off knack three zero done the knackening knack three knackening. That would be amazing if they're like, hey, guys, we know we've been waiting for all the PS5 games. Here's the first one, Knack 3, the Knackening. How <laughs> how much shit do you think they get online if that was the only game they made? <laughs> Knack 3, but the Knackening. But there are so many more particle effects. <laughs> that SSD gets in all the particles, even though that's not how particle <laughs> effects work. But whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious what the games are. I feel like... At the event, we're going to see something on the lines of Spider-Man 2 and God of War 2 are being worked on. We'll see something like that for those kind of sequels because it's kind of the, duh, we know you're working on God of War 2. Quarterly Barlog has basically tweeted it, confirming that they're already working on it already. Uh, that's that's a known thing. You bought Insomniac. You're not going to just not make it a Spider-Man game again. So like, I think there's going to be like the... like title like just like uh trailers where there's like here's the title here's the logo like we'll get some of that stuff but i think for the games i think godfall is one we'll be seeing finally for sure yep um i think that whatever the launch game is going to be we'll be seeing which i still think is ratchet and clank that has not been heavily rumored but it just makes so much sense to me that i feel like that is something we'll see very soon um 
But I think people get their hopes up for seeing like gameplay of Spider-Man 2, God of War 2, and Horizon Zero Dawn 2. It's going to be one of those. It's not going to be all three of them. We might get like a confirmation that they're working on those games, but it's not going to be gameplay of all three of them. That's too much. I'm going to throw in an idea that I had maybe about four minutes ago while you were talking. What if we see a launch game of Horizon Zero Dawn? We, we, heard, we heard last week that there was uh, talk of this being a trilogy. Yeah. What if we see a game that's not a, full, a full-blown sequel, but it's kind of the ground zeros to Metal Gear Solid V Phantom Pain? Where it's a taste of what the next gen experience will look like. It's a maybe five or six hour experience, but it's a way for them to. Because according to that talk, like it was originally planned as a PS4 game and then it's being ported to, or moved to PS5. What if they did something like that as a way to kind of test the new hardware, test the new software and what it's capable of before they commit to an entire full game in that experience? And that would make sense for it being a trilogy then. Like, if they had truly planned for it to be, like, two big games, and then you maybe have this one smaller one bridging the gap as, like, a gameplay experiment. Uh, even further branched from that, we had heard about multiplayer play. What if this is just, like, a, a standalone multiplayer Horizon Zero Dawn experience? Like, uh, uh, like a raid-based, like, I don't know. like a, Not a war zone, like... Go in Battle Royale, Horizon Zero Dawn Horizon style. Zero Dawn Battle Royale. But it's a standalone, maybe it's a free-to-play. Maybe it's a free-to-play, like, monster hunting experience with Horizon Zero Dawn in the new engine with the new combat techniques just to kind of get you into them before the next huge game comes. You said as you said a lot of incredible things right there. Yeah, but you're can welcome. I, can, we, can we just take a moment to do a now flesh it out, now flesh it out with a... <laughs> Battle Royale Horizon Zero Dawn game where you're Ooh. fighting enemy opponents and then a fucking huge dinosaur T-Rex storms in. You have to think about that too. Doesn't that not sound insanely awesome? That does sound awesome. Can I can I give you two other things to think about? Yes. With all of the variety of weapons that you never tried in Horizon Zero Dawn because you hate anything <laughs> that's not one the first thing that you get. Like all the trip mines, the grenades, the different types of bows. With all of these types of things, a siege style, maybe you're protecting a village and you have like two minutes to set up traps and tripwires and all these kind of things as people come in and then you have to fight off like other people, another team trying to break into your village. Or an asynchronous thing where one person is a freaking Tyrannosaurus Rex and then there are four people oh, trying to take yeah. it down. Like, you know, Resident Evil Resistance or Friday the 13th style, Predator style. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. We'll stick yeah. with that one. That, yeah. that's, that's the better of all three of those. I could see those. Absolutely. I want a Horizon Zero Dawn multiplayer game. I, I wouldn't it. have said yes to that until this conversation, but I'm into it now. Let's do it. Um, what were all the other things you said? I was so focused on. <laughs> uh, like if it was a Ground Zeroes type thing to Metal Gear Solid oh, 5, like just experiment yes. with the technology a little bit. Absolutely. I think, I think normally I would say that's weak sauce to do at the, as a launch. Like we have next amazing next-gen hardware. Here's a three-hour gameplay experience you can get this year that will show you all the amazing things that can be done. They can, they can only get away with that because Microsoft won't have that. Anything that Microsoft has that's going to be next-gen is going to be third-party, and I can't see a third-party making a next-gen experience only for Xbox and not for PlayStation. Yeah. So th- I think Sony could get away with that only because Microsoft won't have anything in, in that 
exclusive realm to to show off for this year. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. I think they can get away with it, but I don't know how I personally would feel about it. Because I never played Ground Zero, so I don't really know what that's like to play three hours of a game I'm really anticipating. And then you played Phantom Pain, though, right? I have it. I played a little bit of it, but I haven't played all of it, oh. or most of it, or anything past the first mission. Oh, that's right. We I'll talked about making now. that a barf, but we didn't want to do that because you hadn't played any of the other ones. But you yeah. have played one now because of barf. I played one now, yeah. And I'm sure that two, three, and four, all skippable, not important for five at all. <laughs> yeah. Should, don't need to play those. Ah, my foot got stuck. All right. I'm good. I'm good. What else do you think we see? Um, I think we could see. A, I think we could see a tease for Spider-Man Two, like maybe a CG trailer, maybe a shot of Venom because we saw maybe a shot of Venom or something like that. Whatever the new villain might be in that one. What do you think is more likely for them to show off though? God of War, Spider-Man, or Horizon Zero Dawn sequel? Like if they're gonna show one of those, what do you think is the most likely? Honestly, if they show one of them, Horizon Zero Dawn. It's been so long since Horizon Zero. It was 2015, I think, or 2016. 17. 17. No. Oh, that's right, because it Zelda. came out the same year as Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Well, still, yeah, it's, it's been it's been the longest of those three franchises, and I feel like it's been dormant mm-hmm. for so long. And they did Frozen Wilds, which came out in November of that same year, but they we really yeah. haven't seen anything else from them aside from the PC port. They're the one that was did that the done PC by port. them? Yeah. They did okay. Um, sorry, I don't know if they did the PC port, but that was the game that got ported because of the Decima engine. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's the next thing that we see. I think that's what's next, like what's going to be ready next as well. Because when God mm-hmm. of War wrapped up in May of 2018, like they they had mentioned that yeah, there were some things they wanted to do that could that they don't want to do as DLC because they think they can flesh out into a full sequel. But I don't think that they had enough to actually start planning a sequel. And you know that's not how game companies work. They don't finish a game and then immediately like cool let's we have the sequel already planned out let's go like no there's there's a lot of of pre-production phases that go into that so yeah, i think it's too soon to see anything else from the other two aside from like a tease of like this is where it's going story-wise or this is maybe the tease of the next villain that you're gonna see that kind of stuff aside from horizon it's time to hear it. especially because horizons like guerrilla games split into two studios so they have a lot more bandwidth now one of them's working on horizon and then one of them's apparently working on something else uh, completely different. So maybe we'll see whatever that is. We'll see the first glimpse of that. Whether or not it's coming at launch is a different question. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's all so exciting. I it's can't wait, Holden. <laughs> We're almost there. I wonder if I'm we'll see anything more... about like whether like will we see some kind of Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima support on PlayStation Five aside from. Like, will there be a trailer that says, this is how it looks on PlayStation 4 Pro, but if you play it again and whenever we launch PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. it'll have worms coming out of the character's eyeballs that weren't possible <laughs> on PS4. <laughs> <laughs> and then every single PS5 trailer, it's just going to be Jim Carrey from, <laughs> from Dumb and Dumber saying, we got worms. We got worms. <laughs> on PS4 well, we Pro, ants. we can only have three worms per eyeball. Now we have <laughs> 84 worms per eyeball on the screen at any given time. <laughs> it's exciting. How much? It's very exciting. How much do you think is going to be third-party-wise on this? Like, Xbox is, is, is pushing, like, yes, Assassin's Creed Valhalla will be a p- big part of this Thursday's thing. Do you think this is going to be more of a Sony thing, or do you think they're going to show third-party support? If Godfall is going to be there, there's going to be third-party support. Uh, but I think it's going to be third, like, this whole second-party concept. Like, is it going to be... 
the third party companies that are making a game exclusively for Sony. Yeah. Or do you mean like third party like Square Enix that's going to um, make a game for Xbox and PS5? After I said that question to you, I thought about the kind of things that like we're probably going to see Call of Duty. Call of Duty usually yeah. gets at least unveiled and like, hey, this is the next Call of Duty game's title or something like that. See a trailer coming at E3. Like, I think this is where we'll see the reveal of Call of Duty because they have, at least for the last generation, have a partnership with PlayStation. So we'll obviously see that PlayStation's announcement thing. Uh, so yeah, I think that's kind of a shoe in for whatever this might be third party wise. Yeah. It looks like Ubisoft is in it, bed with Xbox though. Yeah, that looks that looks likely. And Division's um, always been shown off at Xbox's concert concerts conferences too in at e3 <laughs> yeah i think it also i don't know it's it's really hard to know for for starters we are in that next generation transition where things tend to change but i think in terms of like exclusive like call of duty being exclusive to playstation for certain content i think that's going to stay the same even though xbox had the call of duty uh deal for the 360 era i think because Sony kind of came out a little bit on top at the end there. It's easy to negotiate to take it. But now that it's so, the gap is so big, I can't imagine anyone saying, hey, we like, especially Call of Duty, yeah, we'll jump to the console that has like a third of the install base in the last generation. Like, I can't foresee that unless Microsoft throws so much money at them, but I don't think they need to. I think they'll be fine with even without those kind of exclusives. Um, I don't know. It, it depends on that. It also depends on how those change, things change with the next-gen consoles. It also depends on how many of these third-party developers would rather be at one of these summer events standing alone on their own for a week as opposed to being shown off next to Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or God of War 2 or Spider-Man 2 or like the Ratchet and Clank or Knack Through the Knackening. I wouldn't want to be next to Knack Through the Knackening. That wouldn't be good at all. God, somebody out there make a poster for Knack Through the Knackening. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll do it, it's, fine. <laughs> it's all a big mystery. And I think a big part of it, too, is that we've heard so little from Sony that I wouldn't be surprised if they came out on stage and said, hey, worms, we got worms coming to the eyes now. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, They could do anything at this point. But it's, it's just for me, there's this solace in it's at least another month of not knowing what the hell is going on with the PS5. In four weeks, actually, literally from four weeks from today, when we're recording this, May 3rd on Sunday, we will know. And that's a good feeling. Because that's Mike's super short show. That's it for our main quest. Anything else you want to add before we move on? No, that was a perfect ending. Mike's super short show, that's where the clip's ending, right there. Perfect. We don't have any subscriber <laughs> interrogatives this week to answer, but if you have anything you'd like us to, to talk about, to chat about, you can send that to twitter.com slash respawnaimfire. So, we're going to move on to Game on Game Show, the game on our gaming show where we play a game called Game on our game show. Game, 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 game. This week, because I was doing all the fancy new OBS stuff, and you can see like each thing has their own individualized stuff, we've got all the cool little icons that I tweeted out tonight. Um... I did Game On Game Show in three minutes. So it's a now flesh it out. Now flesh it out. We've got yeah. three pairs of games. We've already played that game. We did play it once. Yes, we did. We're going to play it again right now. Second time this episode. We've got three pairs of games, and we're going to try to imagine if we took these two games and mashed them together, what would that resulting game look like? Holden, are you ready for now flesh it out? Now flesh it out. Nah. All right. That's been our episode for tonight. Episode 159 of Respawn <laughs> Fire. Go to YouTube, subscribe to all our channels. And also, Holden, what would Last of Us Part 2 cross with Breakout 
look like? Breakout is the brick-breaking game. Can we just say Last of Us? Because I know things. Um. (laughs) Okay, The Last of Us mixed with Breakout. Oh, that's so hard. I have like you're talking like like Brick Breaker, right? Yep. I guess like I have no ideas. So here's a really terrible idea. It's Brick Breaker, but there's one brick that you can't break, and that brick's name is Ellie. There we go. That's how it's connected. <laughs> I that's wanted it. to be. I wanted to be. You're in a gymnasium, similar to The Last of Us One, where you fought the big guy that rips your head in half. You're in a gymnasium, you have a rack full of dodgeballs, and you have a, a sea of zombies. You have to get to the other side of the gym and out the doors to safety, but you have to get through, sorry, not zombies, clickers. And you throw the dodgeball at the zombie, it bounces back, you catch it, you throw it at another zombie. If you miss it, then they get to progress as you run back and pick up the ball. And so you, you have to, I don't know, hit, depending on the color of the zombie, they go down in one hit, some of them go down in three hits, and you just got to clear a path on your way. That's Last of Us Cross with Breakout. And here's the thing. Here's the Naughty Dog has the same platinums they do. The platinum oh. is getting it done in five throws because you have to bounce and ricochet off multiple zombies. Yes. There we go. Very good. Very good. Next up, we have Ring Fit Adventure Cross with Hearthstone. <laughs> oh, I got an idea. Here you go. Damage. When you take damage... You have it's related to some kind of physical movement. Like if I hit you for five fire damage from my imp, whatever it is, then you have to do five push-ups or something Ooh, like that. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like. Got to burn those calories. Fire damage. Get it? Hmm. Or like how Ring Fit Adventure has you playing out the actions you're doing on screen. Mm-hmm. What if it was just like Hearthstone, but you actually have cards in front of you and you put like paper cards down on a real table and you play Hearthstone just like you play it on the TV. You're playing it in real life. Just like you're exercising in real life, but exercising the TV, same kind of, it's just, it's just a card game. I'm going to take that and give you another suggestion. <laughs> what if... All of the all of the cards are workout related, and you're not actually moving yourself. You're just sitting on your ass playing this game, and each like your attack is calories burned. Like I'm gonna play a Wii Fit trainer, but <laughs> on the Wii Fit trainer, I also have this accessory that I pulled out called sprinting shoes, which means I triple the calories burned when I run for 200 meters, and then that now does so and so amount of calories, and I beat you. I don't know. That's- no, no, no. Okay, so here's this is how that works. I, yeah, I get okay. what you're I get what you're going at. Here's how it works. Your attack cards are junk food. <gasps> oh. God, if I could and have that- a whole deck full of Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> and your defense cards is like working out. Oh no, I had that cheeseburger because Chad played the cheeseburger card, but I'm gonna play 30 minutes on the elliptical and I'm gonna work that or at least part of that cheeseburger off, and that's your defensive move. Boom. Boom. Boom, Shaka Khan. Last one. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker cross with Uncharted. So Uncharted. <laughs> They're yeah, both treasure trackers. But cross them together. I, 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 I know what you're talking about. No, so basically, basically it's going to be Nathan Drake jumping around a little like Rubik's Cube-like thing, like level, where like you move it around and like... But he's, like, it's like, like Nathan Drake like, Go. Level. 
Yes, exactly. It's like Nathan Drake go perfect. But why wasn't that actually made? I don't. I, it sounds well, too much. Third party. Go, yeah, Tomb Raider go and Hitman go. Yeah. Like, those are all third party. Well, and also Square Enix, Square Enix yeah. right? Uh, but I want it to since Captain Toad stars a side character. I want it to star like Sully. Hmm. Or, or, oh, Nadine here's again? what it is. What? No, no, no. Sully, perfect. Sully retired. Too old to really move too much. Just like how Captain Toad can't jump. He's like hindered in certain ways. Uh-huh. Sully's got the walker and he's just like slowly <laughs> like moving around, but he's still going into tombs and stuff. He's just like, hey, there's like the little arm holds I could like climb up, but I can't do that anymore. He, you got to find a way to like with your walker to get where you need to go. Perfect. Always you can't hurt enemies because you can't shoot a gun way. and use your walker at the same time. Plus, his eyesight's gone a little bit in his age. They like yep. he can't aim this, as he has well. Dementia. <laughs> <laughs> He's got dementia. Very often, like your level, <laughs> your level will just change completely, and it's like that feeling of dementia. <laughs> like you don't know where you are anymore. <laughs> you go and you, I like, shouldn't laugh at that because it's a really a sad keyhole, thing. And then your objective is find the key again. Like, what the hell? Where'd the key go? <laughs> and it's already in the hole. <laughs> Who the hell did I hit? <laughs> That's it. Dallas has a question for us. We have a, a subscriber yes. interrogative now. He says he wants to know, Mary fuck, kill, Splatoon, Warzone, or Siege? All we have to do is kill Splatoon, and I'm happy. I don't care how the other two <laughs> land up. <laughs> I don't think this is a fair question because I like all those games for very different reasons. That's why it's a great question. Uh, Obviously, for me, Kill Splatoon did not enjoy zero out of ten. Warzone and Siege, however, um, Warzone is one of those where like there are two things. One, Warzone is an orgy. It's a hundred and fifty person orgy, which is good to have like once, but it's something that, like you do it too many times, you're going to get an infection and die. So we're going to fuck Warzone. Siege is one of those things we were just talking about last night while we were playing, or maybe it was the night before. No, it was last night. Something like that. Anyway, we were just talking about like how much you have to fucking play that game to progress at all, to get any amount of renown to buy any characters. You have to play like 30,000 hours to buy the $25,000 new character for the season, which is ridiculous. Um, and marriage is a journey. And it takes a long time. To get very little out of it. So, there you go. That, that works out for Siege. So, here's the thing. This is going to be much easier that we don't have to agree on it, because we wouldn't agree. No. No, no, at, no. At all. There's no way we would agree on this one. So, the thing about marriage is that not all marriages marriage. are... No, not all marriages. No marriage is perfect. There are imperfections, things that you might not, you know, like too much, but sometimes you... Not sometimes. I would hope you would see more in the positives than the negatives that it outweighs and thinking about everything we talked about the online issues platoon i agree 100 percent with all of them but when it comes to the gameplay i feel like i get a lot more out of the gameplay of splatoon than i do out of warzone and siege and in the sense of i played splatoon over the course of a long period of time now a few years and i still feel like i'm learning things i still feel like there are things i can get better at things i can work on and you start to realize how strategic and tactical things can get 
the more you play, like just to kind of call it something you said earlier with the whole like mobility, you don't enter the mobility of it. I felt the same way because like her character moves so slow. I got to like dip in this ink, but you can really play with that ink in such fun ways where like that is your running, that is your jumping, that's how you actually climb up walls. But also like it's a great way of dodging enemies. Like one of my favorite moves, and I've recorded a video of it every time I do it because it's the coolest fucking thing ever, is when you, someone's shooting at you, you dip in the ink and swim around them and shoot them from behind and it it just that kind of maneuverability is not something you can get in Warzone or siege so i'm gonna marry splatoon (laughs) okay i was about to say like this is this is no longer mary fuck hill and this is just you re-reviewing splatoon (laughs) 2 yeah all that's out that's why i'm marrying splatoon it's a tough one between kill siege or kill Warzone, but the progression in siege is really tedious that I'd rather kill Siege and fuck Warzone. So Mary's Platoon, fuck Warzone, kill Siege. Uh, Dallas agrees with me. He says mine was hilarious. You're welcome. He hasn't responded to mine yet. He might think, wow, Holden, you swayed me. I'm no. the biggest Platoon fan He shot himself now. in the head. That's possible. His phone fell on the ground. <laughs> it still looks like he's watching <laughs> Twitch, but he's not anymore. Uh, that's it for Game on Game Show, and that's it for our episode this week. Again, go to YouTube.com. Find our shit. Go to the links in the description. Subscribe to us, please. We are like a fifth of the way there, I believe. Uh, go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. Play with our Nintendo nights on Friday nights, our regular game nights, Woo. which could be anything on Thursday nights. Um, and then download and play The Order 1886. And anyone can do that. You don't have to be a patron to play that game with us. Just send us your thoughts. DM us on Twitter. Email us at respawningfire at gmail.com. And someone make the poster for Knack 3, The Knackening. That's all you have to do. That's your homework this <laughs> I, week. I really want that. Poster for Knack 3, The Knackening. That's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, here's our usual sign-off. Ah, ah. I've never played Knack, but I assume that's what the Knack monster sounds like. <laughs> the Knack monster? <laughs> <laughs>